You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Next Trek Podcast. I'm really excited to dive in to this week's episode. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. It's time again for the Geek Card Check. Every episode, we're going to be diving into a geeky TV show or movie that one of us hasn't seen and decide if it's required viewing to keep our geek cred. And this week, we're talking about Starship Troopers, the 1997 movie, not number two, not number three, not the TV series Roughnecks, but the original, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, It's got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, by the way, gives me... A little bit of pause for why this uh, is a geek uh, essential, but we'll we'll get into that. It uh, is ostensibly an adaptation of Robert Heinlein's book, but come on, it's barely that at all. Uh, for those of us who have read the book, it uh, it barely resembles that book. There are bugs, there are soldiers, there are <laughs> starship troopers. Um, it also it it grossed 121.2 million dollars on a budget of 105. So it's it's a win, but it's barely scraped by, I guess. So, Chris, I, I got to say all these things. Bring up um, bring up the question, why in the world did you make me watch this bloody, gory, bug-filled movie? I adore Starship Troopers uh, for many different reasons. You know, this is by far one of the campiest, silliest, craziest sci-fi films, I think, that have has ever been made. I don't think... Anything like this will ever get made again. But, you know, there is a subgenre of sci-fi that I find that is not very well represented, and that is satirical sci-fi. It's science fiction that is so over the top and crazy and nuts that you begin to think to yourself, is this just stupid or is it actually trying to say something? Starship Troopers in my belief is really saying something and saying something really, I think amazing and great. I, is it? Yeah, I really do wow. think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure if you've looked up, you know, uh, the, the behind the scenes or talked a little bit about what this movie was kind of designed to be, but that book you're mentioning is a very pro war pro fascist book. Um, is it? it is very much. So have you read it? I have read it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I took it as as uh, not satire, not not as satirical as uh, as the the movie is, but certainly a a far far uh, critique it of is. fascism. I don't think that he's because he's coming out of the Vietnam War. Robert Highland was was I don't know I don't remember if he fought, but at least uh, being a part of that that culture, and he's coming out of it and saying. Um, this is this is where we're going. He used the book as a critique of of a of a well, maybe like may, maybe I have my dates wrong then, but I, I believe this wasn't this book written in the fifties, like nineteen fifty eight. How was that out of Let's, the Vietnam War? I'll double check here. Uh, maybe it's not Vietnam War. Maybe it's World War Two. Uh, but hold on, let me. Uh, I, I I may I may have my facts wrong here, but I I'm I'm. F- it is fifty nine. You're you're right. It's, so it's it must have been Vietnam or Korea or sorry World War Two or Korea. I thought it was. I actually. You know what? I'm I, thinking also of of the Forever War, which is I think that's definitely Vietnam. Um, Kate, I suspect book wise you can school the two of us. So. 
what do you think? Not this time. Oh, actually. wow. It's been on my list Shame. for a long time. I'm highly aware of it, but um, I have to admit, I still haven't read it. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it and, and I really, I think, I think it's critical. Well, from from what I have understood, I've I read a little bit of it. Um, I, it is it is a very hard book to read, in in my opinion. Um, maybe in, anyway, from what I have understood of the the background of the book, is it is a pro war uh, fascist. Um, uh, I would say like focused. Um, they he thinks and believes the fascist way of governing is the best. Uh, and that is a this is a good thing to to look at and, and to take up. Um, and what uh, Paul Verhoeven has done with his with his movie is kind of take some of those um, some of that some of those plot points, some of the overall idea, the world that is being built there, and really I love the world that's being built. I turn thought, it up yeah. to turn it up to ten. This movie looks spectacular. This movie, I think, uh, came out in 1997, I believe. Yeah. It yep. still looks really good. Wonderful I was use. shocked how well it looked. Yeah. Wonderful use of practical and CGI effects. The many of the bugs are actually, you know, there, especially once they've been, you know, shot and killed. There's a lot of practical effects here. I think the movie looks spectacular. Um, you know, the 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 casting is just insanely perfect for what he's trying to do. They're all really dumb. They're all really beautiful. I was really surprised by the by the casting. They're too, all yeah. beautiful. They're that is exactly what happens in an Aryan slash fascist society where the weak have been weeded out completely, um, and everybody looks beautiful. Genes are perfect. Um, war is the constant state, and. I think this movie is trying to make a very anti-war, uh, uh, poignant statement, uh, and I think it does so in a very fun and crazy way. So for me, I I I love Starship Troopers. I think it is trying to say something. I think it is fun to watch. It's funny. It's satirical. It's stupid. But at the same time, it is actually a movie worth watching and has a point. Yeah. When I, when I was talking to somebody about it, uh, and it was today because they they asked me what I was you know what I was watching and how I was recording for the podcast. Yeah, and uh, they they were like, "Oh, but that's just a dumb movie." I was like, "Yeah, it, there's a lot of dumb in this movie. It, in turn, like it is a lot of really dumb, pretty people fighting really dumb, splattery bugs." Yeah, and and I kind of at the very minimum, I love it for that. Um, I I love. I love the world that is being built here, and I think that this is where where Kate is going to violently uh, um, go against us. I have a feeling that that she is going to be our dissenter in this in this group here, mm. uh, and I'll let her I'll let her have her piece. Um, I why, why are you speaking for Kate? You don't know she might. I, I don't want to. I don't want to speak. I, I just I have a feeling. I have a feeling. All I right. could be wrong, uh, but um, but I I watched this, and the entire time I watched it last night, the entire time I thought. This is a fantastic pilot for um, for a, a what could be a really great show, and and that is not in any way negative toward the movie. I, I was I was really sucked into the world that was being created, and um, and again same same for you the the um, the satire that's being had the just ultra you know militaristic propaganda that's going throughout the entire thing. I I could see it's a propaganda a really, piece, no doubt, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, 
and I loved it the whole time, and I was getting airs of um, of Battlestar Galactica, uh, like a, a more 90s version of Battlestar Galactica, you know, a very, lots of bright hues, and, and you know, um, like... Uh, LAX was definitely used as I think as as uh, some of the the set pieces for for some of it because um, like there's some places that are just very generic 90s sets um, and uh, but then at the same time they had a really good production value for for other things they had good CG oh, it's, ex- um, it's excellent production are you I kidding mean, like really it, it stood up almost what what is it now 20 it, it's years? 21, 21 years, years now, now that this years. thing has been done 22 since they filmed it right? I mean that's insane this movie does not yeah. look 21 years old especially no. when it comes to its visual effects I mean it does maybe no. in some other aspects but yeah in the fact that that Casper Van Van Dien is well, how do you even say his Van last Dien. name is Dien Van Dien Casper Van Dien who by the way I don't know his uh, his last name because he hasn't been anything since 1997. He's but, a horrible um, actor. Um, he directs right. Lifetime. He does direct now. Lifetime movies. He's a, I've I've watched some interviews. He's a funny guy. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, what was Diz's name? I I wrote it down. Michael um, Ironside did, is by far my Michael favorite Ironside. actor on the planet. <laughs> Anything yep. Michael Ironside is in, I am watching, and that is one of the reasons why I love this movie so much too. You know, him screaming, "You want to live forever?" One of the greatest things. So which is, good. Which is and by you've the seen way a, lot a callback of movies because he's been in a yes. Lot. Yes. Oh, totally. Well, and you want to live forever. That's a callback to RoboCop, who which Paul Verhoeven also directed. Yep. You know, uh, Michael Ironside was it was in Total Recall, which yep. I think was another one. Which of is his. another one of his. So the, he might have even. I bet you he's probably in RoboCop. These yeah. movies are just all those movies you just mentioned are are so Paul Verhoeven, but they're wonderful sci-fi stuff. I just oh, I, anyway. Sorry. Continue. No, no, no. I, I mean, just this is a who's who of the nineties. And it's, and yep. it's in, in, in sort of the best way. Like I, Denise Richards was watchable in this. And, and I will say like, I am no Denise Richards fan. She was watchable. Notice I didn't say good. She was watchable. I think she's the served- last thing that I saw her in was the world is not enough where she played a nuclear physicist. Uh-huh. I don't think she knows how to say physicist, but that's fine. Are you saying pretty people can't be smart? No, I'm saying Denise Richards. Checking can't play a nuclear physicist and be believable. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, Harris, uh, Nina Meyer, who I know from friends. Uh, I mean, just, this is a, this is a solid, one of the golden girls, right? Cast. Played the, uh, yes. the blind oh, yeah. scientist. She was the, yep. the blind woman. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. just telling you, it's so wacky. It's so, Oh, it's beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to toss this to you, Chris. Um, me? How about what, Kate? How, what's the, what, what are we going to find? Oh, out I'm sorry, Kate? sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Let's let's Kate. find out what Kate. You've already Your told thoughts. the, I'm, or maybe you think you've told the audience already what Kate thinks, and there's no reason for her to even. Yeah, is I, that I, what actually, you're Kate, you can just hang up. It's it's fine. I've already I've already spoken for you. It's way to go, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, please tell us what you think of Starship Troopers. So it took me two sittings to get through this film. Mm-hmm. This is why I knew <laughs> knew how she felt about it. <laughs> It felt too long for the satire to work. Like, if it had been maybe a 90-minute film, I think the satire would have played better, but it stretched um, already two-dimensional characters to their absolute popping points. But, um, so I will agree with Tyler that the world-building was well done. The effects uh, were unusually good for 1997. I found the execution throughout uneven there were it was a mixed bag of good and bad i kept thinking kelly's heroes i don't know if you guys have seen the mm. 1970 film was a much better war satire mm. 
Um, and it's also a comedy uh, full of laughs. Whereas with this, I'm like, cardboard, cardboard, funny, cardboard, funny. I, I had a really hard time connecting with this. Uh, Michael Ironside had some of my favorite moments, uh, like in the classroom when he's talking about violence solves everything. Like that was golden yeah. satire. Yes, very tongue in cheek. Whole- like you, you really, some people like you were saying, Tyler, have said to me, this movie is just so dumb. And, but it is, but there is that level of like, but you, then you're not, I don't think you're getting what's being said. I think you're taking it at face value, which right. is not what you're supposed to do with this movie at all. Yeah, in the second half of the film, I mean, aside from the way it ended, the second half of the film, I think, I can see why it played well for audiences who just wanted like a shoot em up action yep. flick, yep. because it kind of leaves the satire behind for a while, and it's just over the top, you know, gory, disgusting violence uh, to the extreme. So... Um, I, I did not like this movie. I did not love this movie, but I appreciate why it's the phenomenon that it is. Hmm. I'm glad that I watched it. Well, that's good. Even that's if a I've win. One and done it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, you're not you're not so. in for number two, three, or the oh, the short lived series. Rough Please do not watch it. I've seen. I've watched like the first fifteen minutes <laughs> of the second one. They forgot. They it just becomes dumb action. Rather and no. leaves mm-hmm. everything, everything else behind. All of that the the subtext is lost completely. They don't know why Starship Troopers was so wonderful. They just tried to duplicate it, forgetting what you know the the heart of it. So yeah, don't watch them. They're I think, awful. I think my gold standard for SF comedy is Galaxy Quest. Yes, and this isn't even close. Right, yeah. but even this is not. This is not. It is funny, but it's not a comedy. It's a satire, like as in right. full on. Just why? Why is that there? It's hyperbolic in all ways. Yeah, it, right. But I don't think. I think the commitment to satire is. So we have those funny moments, but then a lot of them, it's just like completely eye rolling. This, this isn't, it's going on too long. I get the joke. Why are we still seeing this? Yeah, I I guess, I guess I just, I enjoy it because it is one of those clarity through like just being dunked in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it is just banging a head against a wall. Like, do you not see what is happening right now? Right. Why? You know what I mean? Like, and it does go on for too long. I totally agree with you, but I, I genuinely believe that's intentional. I, and I know that that's maybe not fun experience for some, uh, but for me, I just, I, I find it hilarious on a, intellectual level i'm not laughing out loud at this movie but the entire time i'm thinking this is just so insane right now there's a there's a brain bug that like actually sucks people's brains i love that moment that's so stupid but it gets the point across and it's campy and anyway i just i think it's my my jaw dropped at that point i was like that they just did that Yeah. yeah yeah Let me also add in, I think some of my reaction is very much in the context of watching this in 2018. Yes. Because I really want a really good movie that's like dinging fascism hard. And I wanted this movie to be better because of the moment I watched it. And you have to think of two. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I wonder even if it's it's strange. I, I wonder if they had gone further with it, if 
if you might have not had much of a problem, like, dinging fascism so explicitly, where, like, um, Neil Patrick Harris's character or, um, or, or some of the like others... was, like, total Stasi in that the, the uniform they had yeah. in right. everything. Yeah. Well, they called him Doogie Himmler on the set. Um, and... and yeah. But if so if they had gone further with that, if you realize he's been you know, secretly crossbreeding bugs and humans or something crazy like that, you know, um, I, I could see what you mean. I, I, th- I think I'm still fine with it, but I think in today's, if this was a movie made today, they would need to go farther with it. Well, and, I think. and isn't that interesting though? In 1997, when this came out, people or 98, whenever it was, people would just say, well, Nazis are definitely bad. Fascism is silly. Right. I see these I- right. icons and realize what they're trying to Ooh. do. And now what you're saying mm-hmm. is, is that you need to go, even more hit, yeah. like uh, bang that drum even harder Gosh, whereas people need to be reconvinced back, that nazis are bad well i don't even think that i think it's just that no i, I think today they do <laughs> well but what, what i'm saying is, is that i think that the I, the iconography the celebration of state right has become uh yeah. even more like as we have gone gone past that some of that stuff seems recognizable in our current society right. and so it almost yeah. seems as like if you're watching this it is less uh concentrated less powerful simply because of the passage of time and the acceptability of the 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 power of the state and the necessity of some of these things right. i wonder if yes you know the impact back then would have been well of course i understand what they're trying to say i, I get it that's nazis blah blah, blah blah and that's what they're trying and now it's like oh i don't understand it kind of feels familiar that's that's mm-hmm. what's kind of dangerous yeah yeah and i think that message could have been strengthened had they cut the romance oh my gosh yes out of it like that 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 whole square it just did not work and that made parts go on way too long and it was super annoying and i wish they would have cut all that and maybe tighter film the rest of the war satire would have worked better the fascism satire i truly think that was the only thing because i was i was looking at my at my clock at about two thirds of the way through, where um, where he finally hooks up with Diz, and where uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Carmen and the other dude, Xander. Carmen and Xander are uh, Denise Richards and what's his face are um, sort of beginning to do their thing, and she gets a dear, he gets a dear John letter, and and some of those things are archetypes of of military film. Um, but and a dear John letter would have worked, but we had that whole lead up with the right. the prom or whatever it was when oh they were still gosh. in high school and all of that stuff that just went on the the football game, which yeah. was entertaining until it became just stupid. Okay, can I ask really quick? This is and I and I think by the way we need to pause and 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 at after I ask this question and we actually need to quickly recap the plot just to make sure people are on on board with us. But um, but I I have a gravity problem in this movie. Why? He is able to because because Rico Rico is able to do full full yeah backflips yeah. over the top like of 6 foot tall guys who are who are like jumping after him yeah. and land on his feet and keep going and yet in on the planet that they're at he's fully bound by gravity so a what kind of planet is he on first of all like is has earth's gravity changed b um, is this some kind of new breed of super soldier and why can't everybody jump like that yeah. and 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 see um, just why is he not a, just jumping up and over all of the bugs all of the time and D why are you even asking that question 
it bothered Thank me you, Chris, so much. It has nothing to do it with it. It bothered me so much. It had nothing to do with it. Why is he jumping over everybody in the world? Okay, yeah, you're I taking just, the movie too seriously, my friend. You're 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 no, no, you're no. doing you're going down the wrong road. Going down I the wrong road. Entire, I love the entire the entire football. point of Xander was the love square and we don't care. No, no, no I'm so... not even talking about Xander. I'm talking Rico. Yeah, you're talking about Why Rico. Why is oh, Rico jumping over everybody? Uh, those, Multiple those, times. Those, those are those. I was okay with that. No, yeah, okay yeah with I, 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 you, you know, dude, mm. dude, come no. on. This is not nope. that movie. Th- this is the hill you want to die on, really? For this, I movie? just guys, we go crazy big in a lot of things, and I'm fine. I'm fine with big bug aliens. I'm fine with lots of things. I also was, I also was put off another physics issue that she had to deploy the wings when she went out into space. <laughs> um, but then also that she ignited her her engine full on when somebody was standing directly behind the uh, the engine when she when she flew out of the ship for the first time. But that's Tyler. Neither here nor there. Stop it! I can't, guys. <laughs> I can't. We just watched The Expanse, which pays attention to that that stuff. And this isn't the. Mm. This is not. This is not trying to do what The Expanse is know, doing on any there's, level. On, on there's things. It's yeah. It's so far away from what The Expanse is trying to do. It's not even funny. And again, I, I repeat, this is satire. I mean, it is. It is non-comedic, I and mean, there's funny moments, but non-comedic sat. It's trying to show yeah. you these insane visuals to get a visceral reaction out of you, and hopefully you think to yourself, "Wait, does anything in my world look like this?" Am That's I, what I thought. Am I okay? We're on with my this? planet. Why am I jumping? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want a, a more appropriate question, ask why when they're on the planet they give up the high ground and let the bugs come over the wall the and have the high thing. ground. Like, that's a, a, a closer sort of thing to, to nitpick at because it's war strategy and they're supposed to be really good. No, they're all they're idiots. He's had two weeks worked. of war training also, and now he's a sergeant. Well, see, here's the thing, too. Fine. That that is that is one part of this movie that I am I am I know I don't think has actually is not well done from a filmmaking perspective. Um, the training is no just the passage of time because oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. i first watched this movie years ago i did think it was a fairly quick sequential thing but i think in reality it's like months if not years happen between sure. most of the mm-hmm. major events in this movie um and i don't think they really do a good job of explaining the passage of time uh right. to the audience all that well um which he, is, he's walking out of he's walking out of the camp he's ready to resign and then the bugs meteor hits and then he immediately signs back up and then suddenly they're like at the space at station blown war at the space station. yeah so it yeah it because it looked like we also saw all the training right like it was just very suddenly like he's jumping he's leaping he's doing all these things and then now he's the the squad leader and then oh now he's getting his lashes because he got the guy killed and then oh now he's back into it in a war this is this is very much and i'll say it again a satirical um uh, propaganda film. This is designed, and I mean, I think they are. They, they said this. Most people know. Designed very much after Triumph of the Will. It is very yes. much trying to be this war machine. Let's go to war. Let's feel good about it. Um, and we're going to couch this in a sci-fi setting. Um, and does that bother you? Does any of this, you know, bug you? <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and so you know that's. That's what this movie is. It is silly. It's dumb. It's stupid. But it really is. You are supposed to come away feeling like, hey, that's probably not a way that we should like think about war. And that 
And that's the point. Yeah, but that's whatever. I, I have this problem. I keep on thinking of better versions of this because I'm like, Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead did that so much yeah. better, and they were even bugs. I don't think, but I don't think the movie did it better. I don't like the Ender's Game movie. The movie was terrible. I, I think this that. movie is one of the, I honestly, the one lot. of the better sci-fi, uh, uh, not necessarily about war, but like I said, sci-fi, uh, sci- sci-fi satires. I mean, name another one. That is not like a pure comedy because I know you understand. You said Galaxy Quest, but that's like a you're supposed to laugh and think that's silly. And there's not much like right. That's where I mean, and maybe that's maybe this film is so unique because it is such a mixed bag because it's like part Kelly's heroes, part this, part yeah. that, and it puts them all together rather than being separate films that play their version straight through. Yeah, and I, I think I, that's why I respect it so much is because it is so weird and and yet so good and somehow timeless like it's actually it's it's you know the test of time has been really good to it like when you go back and watch it and especially now when it what when it did come out it was panned like you said tyler it got like a 60 something but if you go back in the last five or ten years and look what people are saying like on youtube and critics who have gone back and watched it Mm. like we're all saying right now because our our world has changed we suddenly see this as being a little bit more prophetic than maybe we realized at the time. And that's Which why... Which is the sign of good sci-fi. Yeah. It's a similar trajectory to The Princess Bride because it was panned when it came out yes. too and now it's got the huge cult following. And Blade Runner. Um, and, you know, all these kind of movies that are... You don't like Blade I don't Runner? Like Blade, I don't like Blade Runner. 2049, love. But, don't like Blade Runner. But... Tears in in rain? No, that doesn't hit you. Some of it's I, okay. I will say I, I rewatched it a second time before, uh, or not a second time, but it was like the thirty fourth time. But I rewatched it recently, right before 2049 came out, yeah. and it was the first time that I was compelled by it. Like okay, the, that, the first two times can, I was like, that's a discussion we can have later on. But <laughs> like, wow, we can watch, hey, we can watch it again, and you can convince me. We we could do this also for instead of new movies or like new movies for us, we could like try to redeem other movies too we, we could do that maybe perhaps okay well we, we'll yeah kate how do you feel about that real quick before we move on are you a blade runner fan i don't love it but i do like it okay all right I, oh i will say i i appreciate it like i know what it did and things like that i don't I'm think it's garbage about appreciate i genuinely like, like the it? film it's just not no. one of my top sci-fi films yeah okay all right so let's yeah uh, what do we want to do now? Let's let's. I, mean, I feel like we've done a good job. Is there anything else that we want to like? Thematically, we've done I think a pretty good job, a really good job. Just any other moments and things? Yeah. Are there are there any moments or, that you guys loved and or hated? Or no? Go ahead. So I had a bizarre enjoyment of the scene where he's talking. Rico's talking to his parents, and then they're like, you know, looking and trying to figure out if there's a storm rolling in. Or yeah. That was probably my biggest laugh out loud moment in the entire movie. You laughed at that, you monster. <laughs> you laughed at the death death of Absolutely. nine million people. Wow. All right. Well, all right. You know, all in the spirit of the film. <laughs> there was. Just, that was the first time I realized just, it was Buenos Aires, and that mm-hmm. everyone there was a uh, very white, very American person. Uh, yeah, I, and that's... I didn't make that connection until... That is the that point. That reminds yep. me. Yeah, that's the point, yeah. There, There is a scene where... Um, <clears throat> It's after boot camp. They might have even had their first battle, and they're all cutting loose and dancing. And somebody's playing Dixie and the violin in the background. Oh, I'm like, what that Yahoo, is going on here? That Yahoo who picked up, um, he had been playing it beforehand. I forget his name. The blonde guy with the gigantic teeth um, had, 
he had he had a fiddle earlier on when 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 Rico is recording the the message to Carmen. Um, he's playing mm-hmm. a fiddle, and then he he whips. Oh, so the general who, who was a. I'll just blank on his name. The amazing guy that we all love. Uh, Michael Ironside? Michael Ironside? Yes, Michael Ironside. Um, when he's, when he, they've had their first victory and he's like, um, this is why my, my troopers love me. I give them the stuff that they want. And, you know, he, he I bring the beer and he opens up a keg for everybody. Mm-hmm. He apparently has packed these Tupperware tubs filled with soccer balls, footballs, a fiddle. Um, yeah. And uh, there was one other thing in there that was just absolutely absurd. Is, is that, that not funny? It's hilarious. Oh, I loved. It. I thought right. that was great. And by the that way, that's that's Jake Busey. Uh, the, the I knew. I thought he looked like Gary Busey the whole son. time. That explains the teeth. Yes. There we go. Wow. Yep. 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 I, I, yep. Uh, wow. Anyway, sorry. I, another, I co-opted that. I have another thought too that is especially appropriate given what this podcast is. Um, um, primarily, I thought this was a really great anti-Star Trek. Yes. Film. Yes. Like it stands for the exact opposite it, of Star Trek. Yep. That, you're absolutely correct. It is it is all about war, not about thinking, not about like yep. planning. In fact, the and imperialism our specifically. Peacefully. No, yeah. Yeah, so far removed from that. Uh, uh, <laughs> like different people and cultures coming together. It's all yep. about like no, we are we are this one thing. We're going to think and that's that's the interesting thing. And they are the Federation too. Yes. They call themselves the Federation. Mm-hmm. I did notice it, that. That's actually what put the thought in my head of this is very not start. No, it's actually anti Star Trek. Yeah. Yep. It absolutely positively is. Yeah. I, I, I really. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Anything else we want to mention? I mean, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of, of talking about our thoughts about it. I don't know if there's any other. I mean, obviously, we've got other aspects we can we can discuss. Is there anything that you guys want to want to talk about before we kind of wrap up with our. Well, I think thoughts? we did. I think we did. We hit the um, the quality of filmmaking, sure. uh, which I think is is really good. Um, can we make some? I know we've started to do this, especially just now with with Star Trek, right. and even mentioning Ender's Game. Can we connect it to to its influences um, both you know later on in the sci fi landscape? Where where do we see its its genes or its DNA? Um, uh, either either later on or just elsewhere in in sci fi. We've mentioned Ender's Game a little bit, um, but it, does it have a does it have a place, or can we see any other other ancestors or descendants from it? Like I'm, I'm thinking if I could get us started, I'm thinking um, this show that came out in the '90s, right around the same time. I, I, I actually, I should look and see. I, I would bet you it was almost concurrent with this, called Space Above and Beyond. Yeah, and I feel like th- th- they probably even use props from this. I bet you they did. Because um, that, that the helmet had has shown up in so many different places. They did such a good job with the prop department in this movie that, and they made so many of them that yeah. there are many different television shows and movies even that have used the various props from this movie. So sometimes you'll be watching a movie from the you know early to mid two thousands and say that that's from Starship Troopers. Um, that actually makes it even like more meta in a cool way yeah. of you know the satire works because it shows up. It, and it, and right. it, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's funny. I would uh, that show that one that I mentioned, Space Above and Beyond, is uh, was on for for it was on in 1995 to 1996, and it was show run by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who are X Files writers. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote, wrote some of the, you name you know some of the best episodes of of the X Files. They wrote them. Um, that's cool and. I, I'd say it's full on um, the exact same, at least you know military. It's not sci-fi, but it is. It's good. 
Or sorry, it's not satire. It's oh, good it's military it is, sci-fi. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not like that show when it was on. I would have to be convinced to rewatch it. I I, I really have wanted to rewatch it yeah, a I lot recently. but I remember just not being very good. It did not capture me. It's one of the reasons why I didn't watch Firefly when it was on originally because I thought it looked too much like Space Above and Beyond, and then I realized I was totally wrong. I can. Here's an interesting thought, though. So certainly I can see how it might be influencing art, you know, various films and TV shows that are being done, but... Um, I asked a lot of different people before watching it if they'd seen it and did they like it. And I asked people who not even were necessarily known sci-fi fans and everybody I asked had at least heard of it even if they had not seen it, including non-sci-fi fans. But the ones who could remember anything from it who had seen it weren't remembering the satire. They were just remembering the the gore fest of it, the dumb of it. And so it's interesting, I guess... I find it interesting that the influence it's had for at least the casual viewer is not what makes the film valuable. Yeah, well, mm. or or perhaps it's just worth rewatching. You, sure. you know, because again, like this is one of those great things about about film is that you can experience different things every time you watch it, right? Depending upon your yeah. point of view or, or your frame of reference. And so if the True. folks that are, I'm guessing our age, watch that movie they probably just saw a action-packed gore fest but yeah. mm-hmm. now that we've you know grown up we're adults some of us have kids we view the world a little bit differently um i think watching it again is one is 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 actually a valuable thing to look at it and say oh wow so this this is stupid it is gory it is what i remember but there is actually something else trying to be said here now I agree with you, Kate. Like, that may be a huge turnoff. Those two things may be a huge turnoff for for pe- for some who, who we think, I, well, it's not worth wading through that crap to get to the point. But for someone like me who actually enjoys stupid action, you know, that kind of real dumb stuff, and most of the time there there isn't a point afterwards. I actually right. quite enjoy when it goes so far that I have to then sit there and think, did they do that on purpose? And then find out what the real reason was, and that, that's mm-hmm. why I find fascinating about this movie is that it does that. It goes. That way is your far. best argument, yeah. so far that you've made because, like, I've been on a run lately of watching uh, terrible movies. It's just something I do for fun periodically, and like, I'm usually looking for something that makes it so bad it's there's something good. So, like, I've been watching the Transporter movies the most recently, right? Um, and like, the level of absurdity and how ridiculous they get, like, the level of absurdity they hit is fun, but in the end, I'm not walking away with oh, there was an interesting point. It was just the whole just, what was the this most absurd moment of the movie, right. and and this does give you after you get past the absurd moments of the movie like th- there's still an actual point to this that that you can walk away with so i'll give you that i think the filmmakers here's here's what i think is i think paul verhoven knew what he was doing that's oh, all I'm, that's all i'm saying yeah some of these filmmakers make those stupid movies and think they're actually making something good something that is like enjoyable yeah. and it's it's bad despite you know, it's fun and interesting despite what the director had done. You know what I mean? You find something enjoyable in right. its awfulness. I think I, play, I think Paul Verhoeven and the people who made this movie knew that they were making something stupid. Knew mm. that they had hired really pretty, dumb actors. Knew 
that they were making something so over the top gory and were killing characters in the most horrible way possible to make you so shaken that you ask yourself why and i think that's that's interesting i think that's something that doesn't happen all that much now because and and what i read too about this movie is that the 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 head of the studio the heads of the studio were switching so much yes is the only reason why this movie got made is because some guy greenlit it was going to cancel it but then he got canned and then the other guy just didn't realize what was going on the dailies nobody was going was and then this movie just actually was a miracle and somehow which is how it's so gory too like they would have probably made him tone it down yeah. That explains how it made its way through because I just can't see any studio execs taking Ever. any risk yeah. on something like this. Because I, ironically, some of, some of the over-the-top gore and people getting killed, I was actually okay with some people getting killed because we're in this time where nobody's ever really dead. Yeah. And so you kind of reach a point where you're like, okay, they're really dead. Finally, in a movie, I can believe that somebody's dead. Right. Um, it's like with the Marvel movies to say, and things like that. Nobody's ever dead. That's about yep. what I was just about to yep. say is actually this does remind me of a Marvel movie. And that's Deadpool. Mm. Except, yes, yes, uh, where, where people actually die. And it's over the top. Insane. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's Deadpool. Ooh. Or Logan. Logan yes. is over the top violence. And very violent. And but, very but that, And making a criticism. They, they are not satires. They're criticism. Uh, Deadpool would be the closest to satire right. because of the comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like this fits very closely to those, although those movies... I think are more accessible to the general audience. The point yeah, that's trying yes. to be made, um, and Which more is enjoyable because Logan is darkly gory. Like this is just like people just being ripped apart and blood, bud, uh, bug it's, guts. It's thrown pretty, everywhere. It's pretty brutal, though, man. Yeah, I mean, like this movie, you see, like you know, limbs being headless torn corpses off and, and just yeah. yeah, getting chopped. I mean, like, but I guess in the day and age of Game of Thrones, like, what does that mean? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, but it, even that's kind of meta because you get so used to it so quickly because there's so much of it that you're jaded by it the, and like being jaded by it is part that's of the, the whole thing. Oh, I, yes. I thought, oh, you're talking me into this. Right? I'm just telling and, you that that is what it is. It's literal just like, just con- con- continues to shock you. Yes. Just continues to shock you until you're, you're not shocked anymore. And then you think, mm-hmm. wait, why am I not shocked anymore? Yeah. Why am well, I okay with this? Yeah. Even weirder, it's almost beautiful the way that it's put together. Like it, 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 which is wrong. I mean, it's so messed up. But you're they walk into that final base where the general has gone crazy, and there's you know these severed bodies all over, and they do this you know a crane shot up, and you it's it's this tableau of mm-hmm. of dead bodies that it's and they're they're you know they've all been placed there, of course, you know because it, it, it's a film, <laughs> but it's almost like it's almost beautiful in in its in its as a portrait um i've also yeah i've also just i found a quote just going to exactly what you said just a second ago chris um this is from that rolling stone article that i just happened to pull up uh verhoven said that he and screenwriter ed newmeyer hoped to create a double story with their film Mm -hmm. quote uh this is verhoven our philosophy was really different from highland's highland's book we wanted to do a double story, a really wonderful adventure story about these young boys and girls fighting, but we also wanted to show that these people are really in their heart without knowing it on their way to, fasc- to fascism. I mean, it's exactly it. They knew what they were doing. And of course, he's saying this in an article in 2012, but still, yes. you know, they, no, 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 they no. I mean, know I, what they're doing. I know that he's saying that now, like 2012 or whatever, but that, yeah. that was the point back then too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is. I, th- I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, another movie that just popped into my head, um, it's almost satire. I would say is Aliens, um, where we've got Paul Reiser is the the evil corporate guy, oh, and no. he's 
and he's over the top. But then you also get the the Marines who are caricatures of Marines the entire time, and and in in the best way. And and it's played this this super gory, brutal movie. But those Marines are always over the top for what they are, and and, and they are all. They're all characters. I wouldn't say it's a full satire at all. Yeah, but, but I don't know that James Cameron was was intending for you to question whether or not that's like a good thing or not. I think you're supposed to be rooting for those guys, aren't you? I I think so, but they are still playing these, you know, ultra militaristic. Uh, you know, they 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 all wake up and they're all you know doing pull ups and making dirty jokes and blah, 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 like all this. And I love it, by the way. This is not a criticism. I love Aliens. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But like. But I, I think seen it. <gasps> oh, all right. Well, maybe we put that on the list too. That is right. <laughs> okay, after October is done. Oh my gosh, it's on the list. I just haven't. Have you seen Alien? It. No. Ooh. Wow. Double feature. <laughs> Double feature. We'll skip Alien Three. <clears throat> uh that's a great movie, but that's fine. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, hang on. A second. Yeah, never I've mind. I'm sure I didn't hear you say that. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I've come around on Alien 3. I've come around on Alien 3. Now, Alien Resurrection, penned also, by the way, by Joss Whedon. Uh, not great at all. All right. We are way off the rails. Um, any, we are finding some – hey, these are deep, important I, geek truths about one another I, that are yes. dark and scary. I feel like we, Ooh, we've had a, a wonderful counseling session, and now we know what we need to do. We need to go and do our homework and come back next week. I'm just week. wondering what – what is Chris's dark secret? We haven't found I was just going to say, Chris is just the golden boy of, uh, I've seen everything. Uh, well, well, except for Moon. Except for Moon. <laughs> I haven't seen Moon. And, um, but, you know, Buckaroo Bonsai. And, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to think of something that is like culturally like huge. Like, like a huge, huge cornerstone. I don't know. There's, I mean, maybe. Stargate. You've seen Stargate? Of course. I'm just, I just, just, you never know. Give my regards to King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, love that movie. Are you uh, kidding me? <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll find it. We'll find Chris's deep dark geek secret. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the new quest for this series. Chris, oh. oh, actually, well, uh, it's not really a deep dark. Are you going to call me secret, out for but... something right now? Is this what's going to happen? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm very well, excited Star Trek, to Star see Trek, where the this animated goes. series is. What I was going to bring up because you refused. And that's Star Trek the animated series. Yeah, you, I have yeah. no problem never watching Star Trek the <laughs> series. No, no, no. You got to see yesterday. You got to at least see that I one. Don't, if you don't cry at Spock, I young don't baby Spock. care. I don't. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, I I am a huge Trekkie. Look, I have two Star Trek posters hanging on my you, wall. Not right until you've now. seen every episode. Okay. Well, not until you've seen. You host a Star Trek podcast, sir. I do, and I don't care about the <laughs> animated series. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm more than happy to put that out there. I know I'm pissing off a lot of people by saying that. We've just lost millions Mil- of fans. <laughs> the millions of fans <laughs> that we didn't already have. All all of the millions but, of fans that we might have had. Yeah. Yeah. Just now we lost. I don't know. Maybe they'll try to convince him. You never know. All right, well everybody else, uh, if you agreed with us, uh, please let us know. If you disagreed with us, especially Chris, please also let us know. Uh, uh, t- you can find us on Facebook at the Next Trek Podcast in our in our group. You can also find us on uh, Twitter at the Next Trek. We would love to hear from you. Also, if you if you wouldn't mind, if you think we've done a, a pretty good job, go follow us or subscribe to us, I should say, on iTunes. Give us a give us a five star review if you think we've deserved it, and if you don't, you just give us a five star review anyway. And uh, we we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Live long and prosper. Oh.